Hi, this is the PBN Podcast and I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. This week's episode is the wonderful Brian Turner. Brian is a natural bodybuilder of 10 years and three and a half of those he's been vegan. Brian and I discussed all kinds of topics and in in a few places got quite emotional talking about his life and tough times with acne, being a man and really just understanding what it means to be a bodybuilder and not kind of have that fear of not being able to build muscle unless you eat meat. Brian is incredibly articulate, really passionate and down to earth and a real real gent. I absolutely love this episode and I hope you do too. Let's get right to it. Yeah, so I, I started bodybuilding uh, 10 years ago when I was 15 and I was really heavily influenced by at the time what the bodybuilding culture was which is like man you get tons of whey protein you get tons of dairy and you get tons of mass gainers basically everything that's just getting as much dairy into your body as possible and for me dairy really caused cystic acne but i didn't know that so i just kept making it happen more and just year after year was just having so much dairy um and so I tried all the medicines. I went to a, a dermatologist. They, they got me like antibiotics and eventually got on an, uh, Accutane. I took Accutane for something like 74 weeks. And eventually it finally started to work. Um, I came off of Accutane and then about four or five weeks later, my acne started coming back, started getting cystics, uh, acne again, like boils and stuff. What is uh, the cystic side of acne? Can you explain to the audience what that means? Yeah, so um, like acne, when you think of it, usually you think of like white heads, just mm-hmm. kind of little pinpricks around your face that have a little bit of white in it. But cystic acne is, if you can imagine, like maybe like a marble under your skin. That's wow. how much volume is under it, and it's very hard. Um, and you, you, a lot of people will try to pop them and stuff, but uh, they're not really made for popping. And so they'll just be there for a lot longer than a whitehead would. So I would have the same cyst for four to six months, so just, and I would have four or five of them. Like whenever I tell people this too, they, they don't really understand what I mean when I say I have severe acne, and I'll show them a picture, and then they're, they're just blown away at it. But yeah, I would have them all over my face. And again, so I finished Accutane and it had sort of cleared up and then it was coming back so quickly and I was, I was trying to figure out like, what, what can I do here? And then eventually um, I, I kind of heard that taking whey protein out, whey was causing a lot of people acne. So I took whey protein out and I saw an improvement and then I was like, okay, well whey protein is made from dairy. If I take dairy out, maybe that'll help too. Cause I was desperate, I didn't want to do anything I could to get rid of this acne. Uh, I got rid of dairy, got rid of anything, milk powder, anything like that and it started improving more. So then I upped my vegetables, and then I, I said if dairy, you know, is something that causes acne, maybe meat too, just because of the amount of hormones and things that are like in the, the weird meat that is served, especially in America, like mass-produced weird meat. Mm-hmm. So I took that out, upped my vegetables, no dairy, and just immediately like started seeing improvements, and then just no more cysts were coming in. So just how that- How quickly, how quickly did you see a change? Yeah, yeah, I'd say like maybe, um, I'd say like I immediately saw a change like within a week or two just because there was no new active cysts but the ones that were still there like I said you know they'd last a really long time those ones started to improve maybe about like five six weeks in and then they just weren't coming back so that was enough for me to be like well I'll be vegan for the acne reasons I hadn't looked into anything else or like thought about it really um, but then from there you know you kind of um, you see like a cowspiracy or forks over knives or earthlings and then you start getting a little bit of ethical and then since then social media has really helped because then you learn about like the health side of things and in America there's so much there's so many problems there's so much cancer happening that's something I, I really don't want like my grandma just passed away from cancer so it's, it's like kind of I guess in my genetics or whatever 
so yeah, it terrified me when I heard about all these health issues and stuff. So it slowly went from being just kind of a vain thing, like an acne thing over to health and ethics and just in general, like caring more about all the different reasons and stuff. And people around you, did they, how did they respond to your decision to do this? Did people think you were, were you involved in the fitness world then? Yeah. Yeah. As yeah, much so as you are now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely more moved over to the vegan world now, but so now I've been on YouTube for eight years. So at that time I'd been in, in the fitness industry only for a really long time. And so I had built a really good, uh, a decent um, following by that point. Mm-hmm. And I was really like into these certain niches and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I would be like the last person, like how a lot of people say, I'm the last person who would go vegan. That was me. People, people would come to my videos and it was like a joke, you know, cause I eat so, so poorly, I guess, like just like a college kid is what I would eat. Like I would have eight chicken thighs a day. Uh, and then I'd have about maybe like a 30 to 40 ounces of red meat a day. And wow. at the time there was something on the internet, it was really popular called a gallon of milk a day diet. And so I would have- What's it, how much is a gallon? A gallon is like 128 flow ounces. I'm not sure what that is in liters. Uh, a lot, a lot of milk. See how much is that in a gallon? Uh, it, it was bad. Gallon yeah. in liters. That is, oh, I'm not connected to the internet. <laughs> it's a, it sounds like a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's, you know. Oh, wow. A lot, a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's, that, I reckon that's like three liters. Yeah. 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 I think it, yeah, I think it's something like 2.7 liters, yeah. something like wow. that. Uh, yeah, so it's just like a way to get a lot of calories in and a lot of protein in. So I was doing that every single day, man. And so yeah, when, when I went, people were like, what the hell is this, dude? Like, why are you going vegan? People around me especially, but especially on social media, people just, I don't know. I, so basically I lost about 30, maybe 40% of my viewers immediately left the channel. Oh. Yeah, because, you know. Cause you, so you were quite public about that. You just said, this is what I'm doing. and Yeah, I, I kind of, um, so the way I kind of transitioned into it is I said, trying to like fade into it without just hitting people with it. I said, okay, I'm going to try some experimental days of eating. I'm not vegan yet, but I would like to do a full day of eating and then yeah. I won't be vegan, but we'll, you know, we'll try it. That way I kind of moved into it over the course of like three or four weeks. And then, uh, and then I was just eating vegan and people were like, are you vegan now? And I was like, I think I am. I think I am vegan now. And then when it, when it became a thing where people were realizing that I was experimenting with like tofu and like learning how to like use more beans and stuff in my diet, a lot of people were just out because the fitness industry is a really bro is how I'd say it, like a bro science, a bro bodybuilding community. It's a lot of like, eat your chicken, eat your fish. They believe categorically that you cannot build enough muscle right. Um, right. on plants that you have to use animal products. Exactly. Especially at that time. Like, what? Is it changing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, even now, so like we have the bodybuilders that a lot of us think of, you know, like me, John Venus, Nimai, um, and, and a lot of other people like Tori Washington and Dom's Thompson, Damien Patrick, like a lot of these people are really big in social media. So a lot of people who are into fitness will still see like Damien Patrick and be like, that guy's huge. Oh, he's vegan. That's crazy. Or Nehemiah or something like that. Um, but back then I, I, I didn't know anybody who was, who was vegan. So there's really no comparisons to say like, okay, that guy's vegan and that guy's not vegan. They're both the same size. No big, no role models. Right. Right, and yeah, so at the time it was, a lot of people were just like, you're gonna lose a bunch of muscle, it's not gonna work for you and stuff, and then those people weren't really, they're just like, well, it looks like you changed. I, I used to love your channel four years ago, but now it looks like you're a different person. But at the same time, it's like, you gotta be you. Yeah, right? You sure. gotta do what's gonna be like right for you and not be swayed by people's opinions. So in the beginning, 
it was really difficult because uh, making my content was, it was kind of a struggle because that's uh, at that point I just started to go uh, like full time with just doing social media. And at the time also I had a, a big sponsorship with a company that was heavily making like dairy products and th like protein wow. company basically. And, and it was really great. Like they were giving me a flat rate, which was covering, you know, maybe like a quarter of my income. Um, and they were also having me be a cinematographer for this wow. really awesome guy named C.T. Fletcher. And I knew that when I officially decided to announce that I was vegan, right. I would have to immediately be dropped. Right. And then I probably would also lose that. How did that go? It was tough. So yeah, so in my brain, I was like, I don't want to go vegan because I want to make sure that I still have like this really good connection. I'm really like, you know, this thing is great that I have with the sponsorship. And I'm going to have to, agree basically to lose this yeah. stipulation that I'm getting every month. Uh, but, but I just, again, like I'm saying, like it's, it, for me, it's important to do what you want to do and not be swayed by outside external factors. So I just did it. I was just, just kind of sucked in the beginning. Um, and again, I lost that like engagement for my followers. Um, but then I would say maybe about six months into it or so, then that engagement like got brought back and I got this new following of people again because there's so little people doing veganism yeah. that a lot of people who were interested in veganism but maybe hadn't quite gone there yet were like, this is a great experiment. I can't wait to see if this guy loses muscle, if he can maintain it, if he can gain it. Uh, and now definitely I'm much larger than I was at that time. Uh, and being in the niche is really, really cool. Yeah. It's fun. And so how you feel as a person compare yourself now physically to how you feel your energy levels and how you are compared to when you used to eat well, how many chicken breasts did you say eight chicken thighs eight, a day eight chicken thighs a day yeah man like can you remember the difference in how you feel between yeah, now and then definitely again like um i had i was eating really weird like a bro science diet just like the same weird things over and over and i love so that much bro meat. science yeah bro science is like a big term for the bodybuilding uh -huh. fitness industry back yeah. when i was in there uh, and so, so I was always really bloated, man. I, I would have this thing called moon face. And so like my, my jowls would be like really like fluffy and big. My face was always puffy again, tons of acne. Uh, when I'd wake up in the morning, for example, like my mouth would be really sticky. I'd like have like a, a lot of mucus. My, my joints were always like a lot more inflamed. Um, it's just like a lot more stiff. And, and at that time I wasn't interested in learning how to eat. I was just interested in the numbers that I was hitting. Getting as big as possible. Right, so whatever would get me that protein, it doesn't really matter if it's a protein powder or if it's, if it's chicken or fish or whatever it is, it's just gonna eat as much as possible. Uh, so eating a lot of like microwave meals too and frozen meals and stuff like that. And then slowly because I went vegan, you get interested in like trying different recipes and you try to like, you like learn about not only there's rice, but there's all these other grains that you can cook. And then you learn, you know, how to make like your own, uh, like pasta sauce or something like that. You don't just rely on getting products all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like slowly over time, uh, I was eating a lot more clean as well as going vegan. Mm -hmm. And those two factors hugely changed everything, like a, a lot more energy. I'd say a lot more clear headed now too. I can, I can think a lot faster and remember a lot more. It's made me a lot more productive with like my social media. Whereas a lot of times if I had had a lot of salt and a lot of dairy the night before, I'd wake up really like foggy. So it'd take me a while and I'd have to use a lot of caffeine. This is something I, I should definitely mention is like I was using a lot of caffeine to bring myself into energy uh, and go work out. And then because I was all jacked up on stimulation, then I'd go like do my work. Um, and now it's like, I don't need caffeine at all. Like I wake up and I'm, I feel great. Like my hydration isn't, isn't zapped away from me because of all like the, the weird dairy that I'm having and, and the amount of salt that's like in chicken and things like that that you're eating so much of. 
Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Not to mention the hormones and goodness knows what antibiotics and I know, I mean, dioxins and everything else in between. So speaking of animals, obviously, plant-based, veganism, all these different things, that people come to this lifestyle for various different reasons. I myself also came through health um, and nutrition and then eventually found myself kind of quite passionate about animals and animal rights. How much have you involved yourself in that world when it comes to the animal rights and animal ethics? And um, you obviously describe yourself as vegan um, and you don't say, because a lot of fitness people just say plant-based, don't they? Because they don't yeah. want to be identified with veganism because veganism is activism. It's a form of, um, it's a form of, what's the word I'm looking for? You're boycotting a system of oppression, aren't you? A violent and quite um, damaging system to our world. Do you feel a part of that? How much do you feel involved in that world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really good point because a lot of people do say plant-based because they're just talking about their diet strictly. Um, but you're right, yeah, vegan, I, I would say I describe myself as that because, um, you know, I try to I try to make sure that I, I am meticulous about things. That I, like my shoes, for example, are vegan. Something I would have never thought about before is just buy whatever's the cheapest. Um, but I wouldn't say I would. I would never really put myself on the same level as like a like Earthling Ed or something like that. Like those guys are doing crazy footwork. Mm -hmm. um, the way that I've always kind of approached it, and it's just kind of in line with my personalities. I'm not a very aggressive person. I like. I th I think people like to imitate what they look up to or respect, what they enjoy. They want to be like that. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely places for every type of advocacy, and I think a lot of people respond for the from the really aggressive, you know, uh, you're going to die from cancer or like you're causing murder type thing. Mm -hmm. It's just not my place. Mm. Um, well, that leads me on to the next question, which is, in your view, what's the best way to advocate for veganism? Yeah, yeah. For me, I, I personally think just because I've been on social media so long, I've seen so many kids show up to expos and talk about this person or that person they can't wait to see. And they'll sit, stand in a six hour queue, literally all day, just to meet the person once. And you can see they, they literally changed the way they dress to look like how that person looks and stuff. So in my opinion, I feel like with social media, a lot of people are imitating someone who they feel like either is like a hero of theirs, someone they really respect, or someone that they feel like they could be friends with. If, you know, the social media thing was gone, that person like lived near them, they feel like they would be friends with them and they just ran into them. And so again, it's super passive and I feel kind of like, um, I feel like maybe I should be doing more, but I feel like by being very non-militant and being just someone that you, um, when I, th when I thought of veganism before I was vegan, for example, especially as a bodybuilder, I thought veganism was very um, aggressive, and, and people like, uh, they just like hate on people who aren't vegan, they can't accept them at all. As well as I also thought veganism was very much so like a hippie thing, you know, like it was people who had dreads all the way down to their feet, didn't wear like deodorant. I, I thought of it as like such a, a, a counterculture, like subculture. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's very helpful for people who don't want to be a part of that deep of the culture, I guess, or, or just like that type of a vegan. It's very nice for them to see that there's just someone who's a bro bodybuilder, you know? It's like, oh, okay, cool. He he's still really like makes quick meals. He's, he's still lazy at times. He's not necessarily like wearing the sharpest clothes and always has like the $300 newest shoes on stuff. He's just a one of me. He's like a guy who- Relatable. Right, exactly. And I feel like for me, that's the best way to go with it. And that's a lot of the people that I run into at, at expos and stuff, I can tell they're, they're my type of personality and stuff. Leading by example, I think is for me, the best way to do it. Exactly. Be the change you want to see in the world. You know, um, 
we've talked about something called attractivism. Have you heard of attractivism? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you really want people, and I think, I believe that's what you do, you know, you use your personality and your humor and your clown slash tigger-like ways yeah. <laughs> to make people see that veganism is cool and it's fun and it's not something that, you know, you have to be standing on a street corner with a placard screaming meat is murder. You know, sure, there are people out there who want to do that and they have a right to be able to protest and do that. But I think that, you know, as influencers and as advocates on social media, we want to make it attractive. We want people to see our lifestyle as something that's obtainable, that it's fun, that it's uh, accessible, affordable, all these kinds of things. We don't want it to be elitist. Right. We don't want it to be unobtainable and kind of only something celebrities with millions of dollars do. Right. Um, and how many times have you, have you, when someone has an opinion on something and then you tell them that their opinion is wrong, mm -hmm. how many times do they actually listen and then change their opinion? Mm -hmm. Usually they just get very defensive. Mm. And so for me, I feel like telling people that they're wrong is not as easy to do as just showing them that you could also do this and then they'll try a little bit of it and they're like, oh, this tastes good. And then, okay, and then they kind of move slowly towards it. I, I personally haven't had a lot of success with telling people like, oh, but did you know, like the World Health Organization has announced that colorectal cancer rates are way higher if you, uh, you know, have processed meats. They're just like, yeah, but they always have a, because it, 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 it hits their ego and they feel like they have to defend themselves. What about, what aboutism? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, exactly. So yeah, leading by example, I guess is, is a perfect way to, to describe how I did. Falling on from that question about animals, like why do you think that people should care about animals? They look different, we say they look different to us, they've got fur and they don't speak our languages, why should we care really what happens to them? I think it's funny that people look at dogs and cats and they would never ever hurt a dog or a cat because they totally understand the same thing that vegans say about every animal but they just haven't opened their mind to the other animals. It's, it's, it's really weird to me. Because like if you have a dog and you actually are a dog person or a cat person and you have like that relationship with them, you can see in their eyes what they're saying to you constantly. You can see them being like, uh, you know, for example, you're cooking and you haven't given them food for a really long time. You can see that they're looking at you like, are you ever gonna give me a piece? <laughs> or if you come in and your dog has like ripped something up in the house and you go over and you're looking at it, he'll look at you like, I know, I know what I did, I'm sorry. You can see the words that are coming out of its eyes. But I think a lot of people are just so used to it. We're just, everybody's conditioned to certain things and it's just like dogs and cats the only thing they think about, but that's with every single animal. And, and so many people just don't have access to those other animals. So they've never even thought of like a cow being an animal that has uh, any, a lot of times what, I, what I've heard is people say they're not smart enough to feel like a dog and a cat is really smart. Mm -hmm. But if you go see a cow, it's just a big dog. Mm -hmm. Like they'll put their head down and let you scratch behind their ears. Yeah. They'll be frolicking around. They'll chase bulls and all, it's open all the fences. Same, man. It's all the same. Even, even chickens, like they've got a tiny little head. So of course their brain's probably like really, really tiny. But even chickens have like these huge personalities, you know, I'll watch chickens and I'll, and I'll be able to tell which one is kind of like the bitchy one of <laughs> the group and which one is more of the passive one. Like all, everything has a personality, but uh, we're just so conditioned. It's really hard for people to People see. have this perception that small things, the smaller something is, the more insignificant it is. Right. But actually, when you think about it, what is the most precious being? What are the most precious beings in our world? What are the beings that have the most uh, need for life on this planet to exist. It's actually the small beings, the, the butterflies, the insects, the flies, the, you know, everything, the, the microbes, those are the things that keep life sustained on this planet. If you remove them, 
the entire biosphere would collapse and everything would be gone. And people say, oh, but human beings are more important than animals. Humans are more precious because we can create symphonies and build um, exhibitions and create music. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't help the earth any other than anyone else but ourselves. So when you ask that question again, what is the most precious beings on earth? It's actually the smallest, <laughs> really. It's kind of, but it's the other way around, isn't it? That's how we're taught. We're taught that we are the most important beings. Top of the food chain. We are the top of the food chain. You know, our giant egos have placed us at the top of that pyramid when in fact we're at, I don't know if you've ever seen that diagram, which is like a circle and a triangle. It says eco over ego. And there's a circle of an eco and a man in the middle with all the animals. And on the other side is a triangle with a man at the top saying ego. And this is the kind of like the worlds that we're moving between. I think this is what veganism teaches us that you are just an animal like any other. You happen to be able to have a brain and understand the world subjectively. But, you know, we're no more special than a cow or a pig or a chicken. And people say, oh, but, you know, if you had a, a baby human and a baby dog and you had to throw one off a cliff, um, who, w which one would you save? And Gary Yorosky has a brilliant answer to that. He says, well, if you had a black baby and a white baby, who would you save? If you had an Indian baby or a Chinese baby, who would you save? They're ridiculous questions. But when people try and, what's the word? Not trick us, but try and get out of these conversations. They're always looking for reasons to justify our behavior or our existence. And when you really understand it, and I always talk about the matrix, and you drink, you take that red pill, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Right. I'm not that special. <laughs> right. It's, and, and it, it's like that, 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 that new phrase that has come around a lot, which is speciesism. Oh, yeah. And at first when I heard it, I was like, it kind of sounds a little silly. Uh, just, just the way it, like, it hits you, but it's so true. Like speciesism, racism, like the way you just put it is really great. Like a lot of people just immediately, without even thinking about it, would choose a, a one baby over the other type of baby. And it's the exact same thing. It's mm -hmm. speciesism and racism. Um, yeah, people are just, uh, they're very conditioned. And especially in America, America is terrible with that. We are the best. Everything else doesn't matter. We have money. Animals can't use money. So we control how everything works. What do you think is holding back the vegan movement? I think, it's a good question. Um, I think that nothing's holding it back. I think it's actually moving faster than it ever has before. I think social media is, is making it rocket compared to where it's ever been um, but I guess what's holding back the vegan movement is people's um, maybe maybe culture but also again just conditioning there's a lot of people who just think like um, they could never do it but I think a lot of vegans who haven't been vegan their whole life have been exactly where most of those people's arguments stem from like I was for sure and then like you know everybody has a different reason for it some people think that you can't gain muscle or some people think that their body needs it I heard that one a lot like I tried vegan but then I realized my body needed something which really it was a vitamin deficiency I love those questions those, those statements people say oh I tried vegan for a while and I just craved protein yeah humans don't crave protein <laughs> it's so funny, man. My girlfriend's cousin, uh, my girlfriend's sister, she tried vegan for a long time because she had a, some sort of an inflammatory disease. Mm -hmm. And she just doesn't eat well in the first place. Mm. So she tried vegan and then only ate like the, the mac and cheese replacement or like the... Oreos the, and shit. 
Oreo, yeah, and then the deep fried chicken patty thing. And I'm like, well, your body is in a vitamin deficiency too. Like you need to have your vitamins taken care of through vegetables and fruits and things like that too. And so you're, of course you're feeling bad. You know what I mean? Like you, if you're not eating a well-rounded diet of any type of diet, you're not gonna feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, just because of their ego and their conditioning are just like, yeah, well, it's because of veganism. And now I can write that off forever. And then when a servant, everyone, anyone brings it up, I can just say, I've tried it before. Um, People do forget that actually, you know, when you do take on a vegan diet, vegan doesn't mean healthy. Right. Um, and we talk a bit about that when we talk about fitness and health, but let's go back to your childhood. Um, at the moment, or at least how you appear as a very confident um, and with it young man, have you always been so confident as a person? Mm, yes and no. So uh, I was homeschooled all the way up until I was in seventh grade. Um, and then I skipped eighth grade and then went into high school, so uh, ninth grade. And I literally had no friends or anything like that in high school. And so during the, high, the homeschooling period of my life, I had very little interaction with other people. And so I gained confidence in what I can do with my own abilities. I, I, uh, my dad has always owned his own business and worked super hard. So I saw that he was working really hard. So it made me emulate that I wanted to work hard. So I wanted to like, really try at things that I became passionate about so I could become the best at it. Um, so I've, I've always had like that, the confidence of like, I can do this. If I want to learn how to make a video, I can learn how to run a, a, a tape through a computer, turn it digital and start editing it and all that kind of stuff. You know, I've never had any, um, same thing like with soccer. I started at like five and I kept playing it all the way up until 17, like went through all these personal training sessions and stuff. So I, I was really confident in my own abilities, but with social uh, interaction, I was super awkward and I went into high school again like I had literally there was one person who was on my soccer team who happened to go to my school it wasn't a really close friend of mine so I just I just went in there just like blind I was just and I thought I thought people were nicer than they were because I was also raised Christian so like the the only social interaction I had was at churches and stuff and those people are generally nicer a little bit awkward but high school was just it was brutal people are really mean uh, you're the new kid you don't you don't realize that people have a certain way of talking too and um, if you don't talk that way if you don't talk quickly if you don't get your point across fast if you kind of look for words and you like take a pause in your sentence people will cut you off and, and you won't get your word in and so I was feeling constantly like really uh, it made me very so was were you bullied a lot and how and you were yeah. and how did you deal with that yeah so that was really tough um, as that awkward period was happening, then I started getting into bodybuilding and then I started doing all that dairy and all that stuff and I started getting acne. And so that was like the thing that people were bullying me with the most is like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's high school, right? So kids don't have perspective. They haven't gone through anything really difficult in their life, even yeah. if it's not acne, just anything to give them perspective that someone else might have a hard time too. And so when they see anything wrong with anyone and anything they can point out, they immediately start making fun of it. I don't know why, but it's just, it's just natural. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of acne on my face. So I was like, you know, pizza face, crater face. If I, I'd usually get them like on my nose. So I'd be like Rudolph. So people would do that a lot. And it's really difficult because all you do as a high school student is go to school and then you just go home, do your homework, do a little bit of something, you wake up and you go back to school. So school is everything. Mm-hmm. So that was really difficult for me. It's like people were just really, 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 really mean to me. Um, but again, like I'm saying, luckily I had that earlier part of my life where I was confident about what I could do with myself. So even during this whole awkward period where I was feeling very, you know, uh, bullied and I wasn't confident about how I was talking to people and things like that, I knew that 
I could do bodybuilding and what they said about me didn't matter. It sounds like you had a good support family life though. Definitely. I was a good very foundation. fortunate. Absolutely. And, I, and also luckily I've had the same three friends of my best friends from soccer. They still are my best friends 20 something years later. And so I've had like those people that even all these people at high school are saying all these things that I, I could write them off because I'm like those people who really care about me really care about me. And then I have my passions and what those people say about me doesn't change my ability to go to the gym mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm progressing or, you was know. That a, was the gym a bit of an escape for you? 100%, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So like whether that was like anger or just like, um, you know, sadness or whatever the kind of like feeling that you'd have. I feel like everybody gets every spectrum of emotion. And if you don't learn how to properly like um, uh, outlet them, I think that it, it can really cause a lot of issues for you for for me luckily i had the gym so whether it was like i was angry because someone said something like really brash one time i had this one girl she just came up straight up to me during lunch and it was the weirdest thing i'd never talked to this girl in my life and she just came up and she was like i would never date you because you're so ugly and i was just out of nowhere and so like those kind of things when people would say things like that i would be like really angry and i could go to the gym i could take that anger out by the end of it you've like, you've like combined why do you think people are like that where do you think that comes from the, the, the desire to go over to a complete stranger, someone you know nothing about, and try and attempt to crush them emotionally. There's so many things, man. It could be that they have a really bad home life. Yeah. It could be that they, um, they feel themselves really like unvaluable, and if they can bring someone down to their level, they can feel like they're more valuable than that person. I always think, because I have the perspective now, uh, I think that if someone's being mean, there's a reason for it. It's not just purely like evil sadism or anything sure. like that. It's, it's usually that they have something they need to grow through too. So I also try not to write off people who have been really mean to me or even are currently because I'm like, maybe they're just still in their ego and they haven't like grown in that path. Mm, there's always something behind that anger and that betrayal, isn't there? There is. It's uh, a mask. Yes. isn't it yes. bullies bullies are always wearing masks Absolutely. have you got any advice for people anyone who's listening who might be b being bullied for their skin or or something to do with their appearance what words of wisdom could you give them i have years and years of stuff i'd like to as i have hours of things i'd like to say but i'd say the probably one of the biggest things that i'd like to say is um if if you have people who are bullying you and if you feel uh, kind of isolated and things like that the one thing that you can always take uh, comfort and solace in is that if you figure out what you're passionate is uh what you're passionate about they can't take that away from you mm -hmm. so maybe it's painting or maybe it's singing or maybe it's videos there's so many things you can become passionate about but people saying that you're ugly or like you, you they wouldn't date you or you know you're you're weird or whatever none of that can actually change what you can do with your passion um so for me that was probably 80 percent or more of my comfort when i was feeling the worst was okay i'm in my car i'm crying this is terrible but I get to go to the gym. None of these people get to tell me I can't go to the gym just because they think I'm a weirdo or anything. I can still go to the gym. So find your passion. That helps the most. There's lots of, I mean, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of incredible, like, um, it's lots of incredibly bad things going on in this world. Um, and some mornings it's quite hard to keep going because it's, it's a never ending tsunami of negativity coming at us all the time. How do we stay positive? I mean, you are such a positive man. Like every morning when I open my Instagram and watch you, it always fills me with joy and you're, you, you've got such a big heart. Like, how do you maintain that? How do you keep it flowing? Yeah, I mean, it might sound kind of like a weird thing to say since I am a positive person, but I would say you can always think it could be worse. Mm -hmm. and, and, and no matter what your situation is, I know a lot of people will say like, yeah, but my situation is extremely bad. But 
even if you have an extremely bad situation, it still could be way, way worse. Mm -hmm. uh, and just that fact, it helps me out a lot. Like you, you take for granted, like for, I just broke my wrist for six weeks. It was in a cast. I had to do things with one hand and I, and I was just like, wow, I never really thought about how important my hand is. Um, and, and you know, some people don't have their health. Some people don't have clean water to drink. Some people don't have a place, a place to live like a roof and all that kind of stuff, man. And like life is beautiful and you have just like, you have life and then you can decide whether you want to look at things that happen to you as these terrible things that you have to deal with or you can just look at them as like it, it life happens and the one thing i've always done like whenever something really tough happens in my life is i always say no matter what unless i die in a week or a month or however much time needs to pass this thing that is like consuming my life and it's just the worst thing ever it will be over so uh, I guess not dwelling on things really helps by, by knowing that fact right there. This too shall pass is a good phrase. One should remind oneself when you're going through suffering. It's a really helpful all things, thing. All things change, all things pass. Absolutely. Um, moving on from life and the challenges that yeah, <laughs> we have yeah. to face as people. <laughs> like, you know, your, your gym um, and fitness life is a big part of who you are. Why did you, we obviously talked a bit about why you started it, but how did it all begin? Like, did you meet someone? Like, what inspired you to just get in that gym and start building your body? Yeah, so up to that point I was playing soccer. I've always been, luckily I've always been pushed to do something athletic and, and try to do my very best at it. So I've always known how to push. Um, but when I was 15, my brother had gone, did like one or two weeks of working out at the gym and he came into the, the shop. My dad owns a mechanic shop. He came into the shop one day and he just had like a little bicep vein just popping out, just a little bit out of his shirt. And by no means was he jacked or anything, but in my brain I was like, whoa, he looks so ripped and big. And then I was like, I can't let my brother be bigger than me. So that kind of just got me into it. Um, and then once I... Uh, once I was lifting for maybe like two or three weeks, I was just addicted because you immediately see you, like good. you immediately see a change in yourself and you're just like, well, I could do that for six more months and it'd be a way bigger change. And so that was like what really like started me into it. And then of course you just find people that you look up to, like Arnold and all that stuff back in the day. Now there's social media, but back then it was just like, you know, the big guys, Terry Crews and all those big dudes. So yeah. And how long did you did it take for you to kind of build your body to what it is now? So how many years has it been has it been? Yeah, so I've been lifting for 10, but I'd say around like year four, five, six, somewhere around that area is probably like when I had gained most of my mass. And you know, there's like a natural limit that you can get to. So I'd say like uh, the last five years have just been uh, maintaining and getting slightly bigger or getting more details. Mm -hmm. You can't get that much bigger. Like I've been up to 220 as my highest when I'm bulking and then my lowest I'll get down to like is like 175 and I'll kind of like fluctuate between those two whether I'm competing or I'm bulking up and getting cloud-like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a lot of people out there, this, this journey that you've been on seems impossible. It seems like such a long road or a mountain that you have to climb have you got any advice for people who want to be where you are but just don't know where to begin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does seem really, really hard and especially since like there's a lot of other things you could do and immediately see progress and I think a lot of people want to do something and immediately get a reaction out of it. Um, 
don't don't rush it so much like really enjoy it because i would really like to restart it would be really fun if i could somehow restart at 135 pounds and slowly watch myself break each 10 you know each time i was like okay i hit 140 that's so cool all right i got 150 this is so cool i can't believe i'm 161 pounds it's it's a fun journey so don't rush it really enjoy each step of the way um and uh be careful about how you like approach it and and again yeah go really slow and and really use good form and stuff like that and get addicted to the way that it feels as well as like the end result because i think too many people think okay i want to look like whatever that guy you know what i mean and and that guy's 10 years into it you know what i mean and so if you're not happy at two, three years, four years into it, you're only gonna be happy once you look like him. You're never gonna actually enjoy it. So like enjoy the feeling of it too, as well as the way it looks. Um, and it'll, it'll make it a lot easier. Because it's, it's one of the questions that I've always asked actually, is, is getting into that process, getting into that routine, because it's quite hard, because there's always that voice in your head that says, you can't do this, who the hell do you think you are? You go to the gym and you see all these men and women that are really jacked and you're like, I'm just puny, I'm just tiny, I can't do this. Like, you know, I don't, I'll never be able to get that kind of muscle. Right. You know, and it's, it's sometimes that voice becomes really um, loud. And it, and it stops you going to the gym. I mean, do you still have that voice or has it kind of gone now? You've kind of managed to, because I assume you would have had it in the beginning. Yeah, so luckily I, I've never had that voice, but the reason why is because I, I grew up playing a lot of video games. Right. And I feel like video games, I know that a lot of people think they're just like pointless and stuff, uh -huh. but I think a lot of video games, especially role-playing games, teach you that you have to start at level one. And if you want to go to that Be methodical. Yeah, you have to, if you want to go to that certain area in the game, if you want to wear a certain type of armor or something, you have to get to level 10. And so then you sit there and you work and you work and work and then you get this huge reward when you finally do get to level 10, you can wear that new armor or something like that. It's the exact same way that I approach bodybuilding is like each step of the way was really exciting for me. And if I wanted to have people say like, you lift, you, you look really big. I really was like desiring that, but I knew that I had to earn the experience points by doing it over and over and over. Um, it's it's hard to keep the routine going. I know what you mean. Like it's really difficult because you maybe you go for like two three weeks and then you have to travel or something. So you're five six days off and you get back and you're like, all right, I'll take a couple more days off and it it really breaks your routine. But uh, it becomes kind of an addiction and people can get addicted to anything. Uh, and if you again really like think about the the reasons why you enjoy the way it feels more so than just the way it looks, it'll it'll get you addicted to the point that you you can't you can't stop going. And if you just consistently go at least three or four times a week and you can continue moving the weights up, things like that, you will make progress. And then that progress, looking at that in the mirror, will continue to keep you motivated. Let's talk about social media. Yeah. You're uh, an influencer and your world is, is now heavily grounded in social media. Your whole life is there. It's a strange and odd world. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to get involved in social media influencing, specifically fitness? Yeah, it is a it's a weird world, man. It's a really weird world. Um, I would say if you want to get into social media, you should have a reason that you want to do it rather than making money. Uh, I think a lot of people, that's the end goal. And if that's the end goal, you probably will never get there. If you have, uh, for me, like the biggest reason I wanted to start was I wanted to help people. So that's why I started making fitness videos. I was a personal trainer and I was answering the same questions all the time. So I wanted to make videos so I could refer people to those videos. And I had a guy like nine months after I made my first batch of videos tell me he'd lost 80 pounds because of my videos. And that just got me so excited. And I was like, wow, it really helped some guy I've never met. And then I thought if I stop making videos, then 
those future people that I'll help out, I'm like literally condemning them to not being helped out because I just decided to not make videos. So for me, uh, making content that helps people, it makes it feel like I'm doing something that matters. If you're, you know, you might follow somebody who's very like materialistic and maybe that's how you try to approach it, you'll quickly get burnt out. Because you, you're gonna, you think people make more money than they do on social media. And when you find out that you're not making that money and you're having to work a real job while you're trying to make your social media happen and double down and you're just not getting as much out of the social media as you thought you would, you'll get burnt out. So I'd say having like a real reason behind why you're doing social media is massively helpful. It goes back to what you said before about finding purpose. I think it's a big part of it. Absolutely. Um, having your life all over social media and being very open in your life, have you had any like negative experiences? Has it been, have there been any challenges with social media? Because when there's a lot of people following you or observing you, they can, it can come with some negativity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, like I share a lot of acting stuff, especially in the beginning of my channel. When I had that acting at its worst, I would do videos where I'd put my face really close to the camera and, and bring the focus in because I wanted to make people feel like, you know, if you feel uncomfortable going to high school with a couple pimples, like I'm here on in the, in the world's view with these cysts. Um, so those videos get a lot of uh, flack and stuff. And especially at the time when I still had that acne really bad like that, it was, it was kind of difficult to, you know, people people on the internet have no one to answer to, so they can say anything they want at two in the morning when they're all dehydrated and feeling real weird and stuff. They can say a lot of weird stuff, but um, yeah, there's definitely negatives to it for sure. I've had um, only a couple of times, I know a lot of people have had more hate and, and kind of negative things that they had to dealt with, but a couple of times in the fitness industry, I've had a couple of guys who have literally made kind of like campaigns, I guess, against me. If they've made like um, videos where they're asking their followers to like, for example, one time they made a video where they asked their followers to go to the expo that I was going to be at and then go harass me. And so they, they would, they like come around and they'd like yell at me or like get in the background of my camera and scream. Like one guy tried to throw a water bottle at me. It's nothing big, but it's just, it's really, it's peculiar because you don't know what's going to come. You don't know if anyone's going to come and try to hit you or something like that. Mentality. It's really weird. Um, so, so little things like that. I've also had people, because they don't like me, then go and harass my friends or people maybe that I collaborate with. Um, or I made like a, I made a movie last year and they, they ended up really going in on this one guy that I made the movie about. Um, yeah, so there's a bit of negativity. But so, so if, you're, if you're making social media, you definitely have to have a thick skin uh, yeah, to get away with that stuff and not let it you know, change the way, again, passion, having passion about it, you're like, eh, there's gonna be bullies. Direction. Um, and obviously one of your passions that we've talked a little bit about is acne and how it's helping through people through that. Like how, what kinds of things um, should people be remembering when it comes to navigating their bodies away from a, a really heavy and painful acne um, outbreaks and things like that? Is there anything that you could talk through? What's your top tips for that? For getting rid of like clearing your acne? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, if you're listening to this, you might already be vegan, but definitely number one is dairy, period. Dairy and meat are really, really bad for your acne, but there's actually a scientific study that came out in 2012, another one that came out slightly after that, that talk about um, the foods that cause people to break out. So even if you're uh, vegan, you can still have acne. And a lot of people will message me and be like, I went vegan, but I still have breakouts. Like this, maybe the vegan thing's not working. Um, high calorie total intake, is it causes something, uh, a thing called mTORC in your body, it raises it. And when you have raised mTORC, your body releases more sebum fluid through your sebum glands. And if you're predisposed to acne, it causes acne. 
high caloric intake causes it if you're a bodybuilder you kind of have to but then high sugar intake causes an increase because mm -hmm. it's bacteria isn't it like that's what causes the infection in the skin well it's just like a, it's just a way that your body reacts to the foods that you're intaking it raises that mTOR. but you're right also gut health is extremely important and bad bacteria feeds off of sugar and if you have a bad a balance, i mean in the skin itself so the actual acne is it caused by any bacteria within the skin or is that not and it can be like yeah if, if you're touching your face or if your face is dirty it can happen but usually it's it's caused from under the skin inside okay yeah definitely right. Um, and what about the drugs, Accutane and all these different drugs? Do they help? Do they have side effects? Like, should people do them or not? So what happens with, with acne medications is, like, like, especially North Americans, man, we, we get a problem mm -hmm. and then we don't know how to deal with it. So we go to the doctor and then they give us something to fix the problem. But we don't actually think, like, what's causing this a problem? A pill for every ill. Absolutely, man. So like, we just treat the symptoms. We don't tr treat the cause. Um, so, like, you might see an improvement when you take antibiotics, but you're also destroying all the ba bacteria in your gut. Um, you might see an improvement when you take the topical, uh, there's something called retin-A that they usually give you after antibiotics. Um, and then if you don't, if neither of those things happen and, and help you, then they'll give you the, the full, the worst thing that you could possibly get, which is Accutane, which causes a lot of problems inside your body. What kind of side effects do you get? So many bad ones, man. So like for me personally, it was like extreme dryness in my face, which is pretty common. Like my lips were so, were so dry to the point that like if I'd smile, if I'd react with some sort of like an open mouth, the outsides of my lips would like crack and then I'd be bleeding down my mouth. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it causes like um, really bad sensitivity to the sun to the point that if you're out in the sun for more than 15 minutes, you'll start, your skin will start like getting sunburned, but then get boils, uh, like blisters. That's insane. It's really bad. Your eye vision um, gets really sensitive to the sun. It's also, it gets bad. But these are just like kind of the lighter ones. There's like the one that I get a lot because I talked about Accutane so much is people will say that they're, they're suicidal or depressed to the point that they're considering suicide. What is Accutane? Does it, how does it function? Yeah, Accutane is a, a derivative of vitamin A. So it's just like a really high concentrated dose of vitamin A and it takes a while to accumulate in your fat cells. But once you get a lot of that, it starts to um, lower the amount of sebum oil that your sebum glands mm -hmm. produce as well as like um, uh, lessen the size of your pores. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, your body also is taking in so much vitamin A that it's causing all these damages and issues, not only to your organs and stuff, but like to your brain, you're having like mental issues. A lot of people, I personally was very lucky and didn't have like depression or anything like that. Maybe it's just cause I'm very positive. But again, like I, that's why I think it's really bad is cause it can cause cancers and all these kind of things. But also a lot of people really deal with really bad depression and suicide. Um, and I've had so many people tell me like they were really close to going suicidal, but then they were like watching my videos, seeing that I was positive about my acne, they decided to get off Accutane and just be okay with their acne. Plus you have to deal with the bullying and all the shit that right. people throw at you. Plus right. the, the side effects of your drugs, how anyone survives is uh, beyond me. But yeah, right. you've got to be strong in this world if you're going to survive. Coming to the end now, I always ask people uh, these questions. Um, you're on that desert island you know the vegan desert island where there's yeah. you and the pig it's over there <laughs> yeah you've got an album you've got a book and you've got a vegan dish those three what would they be if you were on this island with your with your pig friend yeah man so the dish is probably the easiest thing to answer there yeah. and and maybe we're not taking health into consideration right so we're just talking <laughs> anything you want we're just talking taste here right because like this probably wouldn't be the best thing for your health but i would definitely like a big vegan uh buffalo wings and ranch i don't know why but that's just my favorite meal ever maybe vegan uh buffalo on top of pizza mm -hmm. with dips <laughs> of ranch 
Um, when it comes to a book, I'd say it's harder. I, w- I was never really like a big reader. Maybe I'd read the Bible. What, what game would it be? Because you love your games. We didn't talk about games, but yeah. maybe next time. What video game would it be? Yeah. Oh man, it, maybe it would be like, um, I think it would be maybe a really good RPG, something that's very open-ended. So I'd say Skyrim. Okay. A lot of gamers yeah. are really like that. Uh, and, then, and then the music is really hard. I think that I would like to choose something that's in the rap area because I've always grown up with rap. That's literally the listen to 90%. It's just like gangster rap from the West Coast, Compton area and stuff like that. But I think that would get monotonous. So I would probably choose like Dvorak or, mm-hmm. or Mozart. It gives you like really serenity. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Brian Turner, thank you for joining us yeah, on the PBM podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, yeah, please continue to do your work and support and spread this message. You're an absolute pleasure and a gift to the world, my friend. Appreciate you saying that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBM podcast. We'll be back next week with more veganism, health, fitness, fashion, and everything in between.